Hello everyone and welcome to A Blessing in Disguise. If this is your first time listening to me, my name is Vanessa and this episode is going to be about my experiences protesting this past weekend, my overall experience with different types of racism and basically just growing up black. I think I'm ready to tackle this topic, so let's just go. Before I even go any further, I would just like to say, like, my voice sounds okay, but my throat is literally killing me, um, screaming and yelling and oh, walking through the heat really did a number on me. I am so exhausted, but I always record these, um, like, at 3 a.m. because, like, that's the time where my house is the quietest. Okay, so another thing I'd like to say is I'm so sorry that I haven't been posting. I originally planned to post at least once a week, and I'm trying to get back to that, but the world is chaos right now. Um, Like I said, I spent some time protesting, and that was quite an experience. It started midday, which is already really early for me. I mean, I told you guys I usually record at 3 a.m., so... Clearly, I don't usually wake up that early if I'm up that late. Anyway, the specific protest I'm going to talk about was, I guess, smaller scale compared to the ones that are being shown on the news and social media, but I'm glad I went and participated. There was roughly 1,000 people there. I honestly didn't think that many people would show up in the beginning, and I, I really couldn't hear much. The megaphone was pretty small and I was way in the back. So I missed a lot of the powerful testimonies or like the messages. And I ended up having to rewatch them later on Instagram. Before we officially made our way down the road, there was this amazing speech. Someone who I'm obviously not going to name made that really pumped me up. I felt like I was surrounded by people who actually care, you know, like it really it was really comforting to know that I'm not as alone as I think. So we made our way down the road and shut down an intersection connecting two to three cities. As we walked through the stopped cars, some people were very open and loud with their support. People honked, people opened their doors. Um, I even saw people with their own signs inside the car, like hanging out of the car windows. And others were aloof. Some looked angry, and honestly, that's exactly the type of people that I wanted to get the message to. Black lives matter. We matter today, we matter tomorrow, and every day after that. You can turn off the TV, but you can't turn me off. I'm living, I'm breathing, and I'm standing right in front of you. We went and sat in the intersection for 8 minutes and 43 seconds. The same amount of time that former officer and murderer was on George Floyd's neck. The road was supposed to be shut down, but some people managed to make their 
little sneaky right turn and let us know exactly how they really felt. People were yelling out of their car windows and I wish I was able to get license plates because I'd air them out right now. It was disgusting and I was disappointed but not surprised. It made me feel an overwhelming sense of purpose. Believe it or not, I felt like I was exactly where I was supposed to be doing exactly what I should have been doing. Like, And the protest didn't even end there. People were free to leave anytime, so the numbers did gradually get smaller as people got tired, which is understandable. But the protest continued all the way to the nearby city's police station and then through shopping centers. I don't think it ended until around seven or like it was in the evening honestly it was just a good feeling obviously very serious reasons but I just feel like it's always great to be surrounded by like-minded individuals I really believe that there's strength in numbers and like I said before it reminded me that I'm not alone with my thoughts and I'm not alone with my fears and I'm not alone in my anger at least 1,000 people in my community or nearby community feel the same way I do. They're just as exhausted as I am. And no matter how bad the situation and how serious the topic, it was just a little bit comforting to know that I'm not shouting into the void all by myself. Police brutality is just one problem that we face, though. There are a couple different types of racism, and I'm going to start by giving you definitions, and then I'll follow with examples. First one is microaggressions. According to the Oxford Dictionary, a microaggression is a statement, action, or incident regarded as an instance of indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group such as a racial or ethnic minority. So basically, these are the little comments that you make because someone is black. Whether you mean it like that or not, they'll always be meant that way. This is one that I very recently learned the name for, but I've been dealing with them my entire life. To me, they're the worst types of racism because sometimes after hearing it they don't even hit you until like way later and then the people saying it don't even realize so microaggressions include but are not limited to the whole I want to be as tan as you or also known as I'm almost as tan as you like I've had people literally hold their arms to mine to compare shades since I was about seven let that sink in. Little second grade me. Imagine it. If you've done this to someone, I need you to pause this right now. Call them and apologize. Apologize immediately. Example number two is you act white or you're an Oreo or you talk like a white girl. Apologize immediately. Do you hear me? Think about why you're saying this and try to understand why it's wrong. Is the person you're saying this to doing something positive? Why do you relate it to whiteness? I'll give you a second, then I'm going to move on. 
number three. But you're not really black. Coded language. Like, <laughs> that's just so coded to me. What I'm hearing is you don't like black people. So since you're able to tolerate me, I just can't be black. Apologize. And also, you're not like other black people. It's ex the exact same thing. It's the same thing. And throw in, you don't really count. Same thing. I feel like you guys are going to think I'm reaching, but I stretched. I promise. Just sit and let it marinate. Like, how many times have you heard any of those or something even remotely similar? Just take a second. I'll wait this time. This past week, a lot of ignorant, or should I say disgusting, people have been posting racist things freely, just fully exposing themselves. And if you have a strong stomach, just look up the George Floyd challenge. Disgusting. Heart-wrenching. Gut-twisting. Rest assured, though, the people of Twitter have been doing amazing. These bigots are being located and being held accountable in a way they've never experienced before, and I'm all the way here for it. People are losing their jobs, their scholarships. Y'all, people are getting kicked out of nursing programs. Tell me that's not good news. People say that, oh, it's being taken too far, but is it? I hope you know where I'm going with this. Systemic racism. Yep, also known as institutional racism. <laughs> Here's the definition. It's a form of racism expressed in the practice of social and political institutions. It can lead to such issues as discrimination in criminal justice, employment, housing, healthcare, political power, and education, among other issues. I'm going to break that up. Let's start with healthcare. I'm just going to throw a statistic at you. Black women are two to six times more likely to die from pregnancy complications. Die. Like, never coming back. And here y'all are crying for racists who get kicked out of nursing programs. To me, they just saved another life. I recently found out so-called doctors <laughs> think black people don't feel pain, literally. From surveys that were taken from as recent as 2016, at least 40% of hospital trainees believe black people have thicker skin than white people. Or that our nerve endings just aren't as sensitive. Imagine. Don't get me started on them assuming you're just a drug addict who wants stronger stuff when you're literally telling them you're in pain. Well, since you asked, <laughs> black patients are 22% less likely to receive pain medicine than their white counterparts. Education. Look up Tanya McDowell. Five years in prison for using her friend's address so her son could go to a nice school. Okay? 
didn't that famous actress just do the same thing? Um, Felicity Huffman, didn't she use her power, influence, and money to try to bribe her kids' way into a better school? How much time did she get? I'm done waiting for y'all to catch up. So here's an easy example for employment. Black people's natural hair is seen as unprofessional, right? People lose their jobs over here. Kids get suspended over here. Like people don't even get the job because of hair. California and New York just had to pass whole laws in 2019. Then other states followed. Look it up. It's real. I'd like to just take this second to make sure you understand this is why people say reverse racism isn't real. Like, I feel like when people first hear racism, they automatically think, oh, like, just simply judging people because of the color of their skin or whatever. But no, like, it's much deeper than that. These are just, like, the very few examples that I'm giving you. The literal bare minimum, easy to explain, easy to understand ones that I chose to speak about. If I go into any more detail, I don't even know how long this episode would be. Like, honestly, people who will never experience systemic racism like to claim racism because someone said something that hurt their feelings. <laughs> we are dying. Black people are dying at very alarming rates and people need to start being held accountable. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. It's time for me to just close this out. Since my tagline for this series is a blessing in disguise, my plan was to end each episode by sharing something good that came out of the situations that I talk about on here. So let me share with you some good that came out of all the protests, the riots, and the petition sharing. Minneapolis banned the use of chokeholds and the Minneapolis City Council pledged to disband the police department. Charges for murderer Chauvin and his accomplices are up to second degree and they've all been arrested and charged. Dallas now has the duty to intervene rule in place, which is a rule that requires other cops to step in when other cops are using excessive force. New Jersey is updating their use of force guidelines after 20 years of the same old thing. Imagine not updating your rules for 20 years, but moving on. A work group of lawmakers in Maryland announced a police reform work group in that state. LA City Council introduced a motion to reduce LAPD's $1.8 billion operating budget. Imagine if schools had that much funding. MBTA in Boston agreed to stop using their city buses to transport cops to protests. Police brutality captured on video leads to almost an immediate suspension or firing in cities around the country. For example, Buffalo and Fort Lauderdale. Monuments of racists and slave traders are being removed in states like Virginia and Alabama, not to mention all the regular people finally having the courage 
to stand up to the racist family members and calling out the racist peers. There's so much work to do in this country, but your voice is powerful. It's important. Your voice is being heard and change is happening. We have to keep going. If you're black, do it for yourself. Do it for future generations. And if you're not black, do it because it's the right thing to do. Or do it for your black friends. I'm out of here. Have a lovely rest of your week.